Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Eating pasta is my favorite thing. Eating pasta is my favorite thing. <laughs> It is though. Hello, get it it's a reference to the show uh-huh. if you haven't seen it you might get it but yeah if you haven't seen it you shouldn't be listening to this episode <laughs> of the podcast anyway spoilers my name is lonnie this is i only like you podcast i do with my girlfriend where we review stuff that we've seen hello that's her yep <laughs> i didn't give you opportunity no to say normally hello. you say this is her. just thought i jump in uh this week we have watched master of a nun really terrific netflix tv show mm Now, contextually, we watched a few episodes when this first came out um, two years ago, the first season. Mm. We weren't sold on it. I only saw the first one. Yeah, that's right. You continued watching, remember? I watched a couple more. Mm. We were like, oh, that's okay, but not really the most amazing thing. We were watching other stuff at the time too, I think. It, it just got kind of lost. It got a bit lost and other stuff happened. You know, life happens. But we went back because we heard that season two was really good. We watched the rest of season one and all of season two in like a couple mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And it's quickly become one of my favorite television shows. Mine too. Good. And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. So I think I think maybe it takes a little while to get into because it's very different to a lot of TV shows. There aren't, mm. not a, it's a sitcom, I suppose. It's a, you know, about his life and about love in New York. The situation is, you know, he's trying to find his way. There are characters we come back to and stuff. So it, it fits the mold of a sitcom, but it doesn't fit the, th- the you know, usual three-act structure of each episode of a sitcom mm. where things return to stasis. I think it is low stakes. It somehow sometimes doesn't end the way you think it is each episode. I love that, though. The story does evolve over the whole two seasons. It does, Th- Things yeah. from one episode carry on to the next episode. So I th- I'm thinking that perhaps at the start we just didn't quite get us at the beginning, but once you persevere, it's really great. And I think you're not going to come to season two, which is what we're reviewing today, without having seen season one. It wouldn't make yeah. any sense. I think there's an issue too with pilots of shows. I find that shows that have gone on to be picked up for one or two seasons, the pilot very rarely encapsulates the, what the show is. Yeah, very and difficult. Eh? That's because it's that weird sort of pilot thing where you just send it out mm. and you film one episode. And mm. I think, I don't know if it's true or not with this show, but it felt like it found its feet the more it went on. Like it knew what it was doing stronger mm. the more it went on. Well, I don't think Netflix does the traditional pilots like mm. network television does, but the same thing applies to making the show for the first time. Sometimes it might take a few episodes to get yeah. into it. Yeah. And I think it doesn't help that a lot of the other actors in the first few episodes aren't as good as, as yeah. Izanzari. He's so confident and knows what he's doing mm-hmm. with his character. And thinking back, lots of those characters from the first couple episodes 
never came back. No, the yeah, guy he, with the party. Yeah, he looks after the kids of yeah. the friend. Yeah, she never comes never back. Come back so, in. so it does really feel like a pilot of almost a that's different what I mean. show. Yeah. As the show continues, it's it's his friends, it's Denise, Brian, and Arnold. They're like the main characters of his friendship, as well as the girl that he's, you know, with in yeah. each season. So yeah, those anyway. Let's talk about the first two episodes. Let's talk about season two. Begins in Italy with an amazing first episode in black and white. It's beautiful. Why isn't more stuff in black and white today? I don't know. I I think it's so interesting because it's a different way of shooting something, isn't it, black and white to colour. You've got to be really careful about your contrast and shadows and lighting and that kind of stuff. Um, your angles become more apparent as well. The thing, One of the things I love the most about this season of Master of None is that they weren't afraid to try different techniques. Yeah. Like they had a black and white episode. They had a um, an episode that was sort of like a foreign language film. Mm-hmm. Um, an episode that lo- looked at different characters who weren't the main characters. Uh, yeah. It was just, I don't know. I think it takes a lot of guts to do that kind of stuff. And the thing that I like most about the show is that it feels like an indie film or TV series, even though it's not. And just the, the way that, like, they try different things and things don't end happily and they don't go by the Hollywood sort of A plus B equals C sort of thing. It just makes it sort of, like, really quirky and unique, but it's warm and, like, brings you into it as well and makes you relate to the characters. It's not polished at all. And I love that so much. It's the little bits. Just the story you mean, like the... It's not just, all, all wrapped in a bow at the end. Not necessarily the story, just the way it's presented. I'm not saying it's like poorly shot or anything like that. I'm just saying there's a way that it's presented to not be. Oh, right. So it's more realistic. Yeah. yeah. And I think that obviously suits characters because yeah, yeah. you said Jack of all trades, master of none is where mm. the titles come from. And it suits that kind of story to do it. I was going to say, way. it's a very polished show. Yeah. No, <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean technically. I just yeah. mean they present it as sort of an indie everyman sort of thing, mm. not Here's this really slick house of cards, theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of the story. I understand that. But it certainly goes in its favour of this show. So back in season one, one of the episodes I really liked, liked all of them in the end, but the episode I really liked was when it was the relationship with him and mm-hmm. Rachel. Yeah. And how the whole episode is basically there's two characters showing the evolution of the relationship over a couple of months. That's so cool and so different from other stuff I've seen. I love that. And as you said, this season has really taken on that experimental storytelling yeah. sort of mantle. So I talked about the first episode, which was in black and white. And and interesting for an American show, a lot of it was subtitled yes. in Italian, which mm-hmm. you don't really see because people don't like reading subtitles. Well, people think people don't like reading subtitles. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't think we really care that much, do we? I also really liked the dating episode with, like, the Tinder app and how the whole episode was different dates, but they all sort of montage together. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that episode? Did you like it? I did, yeah. I've, there's very few episodes I didn't like in the season, to be quite honest. Um, I just meant in terms of the, the different narrative. Yeah, approach. well, that's what I mean. Yeah. They tried different things in this season and different narrative structures, mm-hmm. and I think it worked really well because... It worked in terms of the sitcom genre too because each episode could really be its own standalone mm. thing and we know we come back to sort of a square one at the mm. end of it. I mentioned uh, New York I Love You, which is the episode based around three different characters, sort of incidental to 
Dev's main story. Mm-hmm. This is the character main story, but showing the you know, the breadth and depth of people in New York. Can I expand on your love for that episode? Yes. One thing that that episode does, which I was beside myself about, was that they include a storyline with a deaf character and use sort of POV techniques where we not understand but can get a feel for what it would like to be deaf in the middle of a busy, bustling city. In the middle of the episode, it just goes silent. And it was brilliant. It was so well done. And the thing that I liked is that she was treated as a normal character. Mm -hmm. It wasn't anything, you know. I think it takes a lot of guts to take out one of your elements of storytelling, just Mm -hmm. cutting sound and letting people deal with it. And I kind of feel like that's what this show does. It's like, here we are. If you don't like it, that's fine, you know. And I've seen one short film which is a Tropfest, a film festival here in Australia, which had a deaf character. I'm pretty sure Guyton Grantley was in it, um, where they, they use kind of Atmos sort of sounds to depict that, which like is a, a different... Like a buzz. Yeah, like a buzz yeah. or a white noise, whereas this just cut the sound completely. And the other thing we've seen is um, in The Little Death, there's a deaf character as well, and that's really interesting. I just think it, it takes a lot of guts to just do that in the middle of your show. I loved the cues in and out of that storyline as mm. well. I loved the conversation that they have in the shop with the um, ASL and the kids figuring it out. Yeah, it's really funny. It's really funny. It's, neat, it's really spin, well done. It? Yeah. yeah, it was really, really well done. I really like the Thanksgiving episode too. That was so sweet. It sort of paid off Denise's character. It did. Um, she was in the first season and wasn't my favourite. I didn't really see the point of her along with everybody else. But this episode, it made her likable in my eyes. Yeah. And it showed a lot of, of her depth as well. And I, I just really liked the whole concept of that one as well. The whole each episode, each storyline was on Thanksgiving Day. A bit like a moody Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little bit, yeah. But all in one episode. I love the fact that the dev was just hanging around this other family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's so cool. You know, you hear those stories about that when someone is adopted mm. for a holiday sort of mm. thing. I really liked Thanksgiving in American TV and films is definitely set it's always set at this um like lavish mansion yeah. with white tablecloths and it's a fancy white, dinner white people usually white people <laughs> where they're going to meet their girlfriend's family or something like this yeah this was a black family not poor by any means but middle class mm-hmm. and it was just these three amazing black women and dev a friend <laughs> just <laughs> who just gets up. tagged along but that's so true isn't it of, yeah. of holidays and how it's like and mm-hmm. it was just they used that device of Thanksgiving to make broader comments about coming out and mm-hmm. being gay and family and it was just a really clever, yeah, it was just a really clever way of doing it. Um, I think, I know I've said this three times now in the podcast, but the thing that I do love most about this show is that each individual moment is used to its full potential and by that I mean I don't know, there's sort of things like when there's a, um, I don't know, like a couple walking down the street and they could just be having a random conversation that leads into something Deb's talking about. They actually use that and explore that. And the best example of that was actually the finale of season one where Deb's character is talking to his actor friend. Benjamin. Benjamin. And someone comes up to take his photo. And that's a comment on sort of the no privacy and the life of celebrity and that kind of thing. 
that was just used so that they could start talking about something else, right? It was a little break in their conversation. And in, I feel like in any other thing, that would have just been a really weird, just like cut, move on, let's go to something else. But I feel like instead they take all these little moments and find a way to actually make a broader comment about society. And that is so clever and so hard to do. It feels like, and this is where it does feel really polished, there is no stone unturned. There is nothing else that could have been explored in that episode that wasn't in any episode. Everything has a point and everything has a larger meaning and everything, every moment is like a little nugget of gold to help you understand people. Mm -hmm. And really, isn't that the whole point of film and TV and art is so we can understand each other better and understand ourselves better? Well, you certainly a different look at New York. New York has been in so many TV and films over the years, mm. but overwhelmingly the white New York that we see, yeah. this is a very different multicultural version of New York, which is, mm-hmm. I assume, much more closer to reality than what mm. we've seen before. And you're right, we do, but it's not like in an exploitative way. We're just seeing these people as people, no. as real characters, yeah. which is what they should be. In that New York I Love You episode, as an example, the doorman and all his doorman friends, yeah. <laughs> they were all people of colour. And I think they're actually seeing, there was that comment, as you're saying, another comment when the old lady's walking inside and is, tells the guy not to do that. But he's like, that's somebody else, and she doesn't believe him because she sees all the doormen as, as the equal, same. yeah. But she's seeing Which was all... a comment on racism because yeah. she was talking about that. Like yeah. it's, And that's a kind of character that would never mm. be looked at in another thing with New York. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're always just in there saying hello at the door, right, yeah, and being all characters. There's no one instance where they go to the Empire State Building or Times mm, Square. Mm-hmm. They're in Central Park a little bit, but it's, it's I don't know, it, it was really hard for me to watch because I my heart ached to go back to New York mm. and it was sort of, shut. that's what New York is. It's mm-hmm. not those polished things. It's that. It's Master of None. It's not Gossip Girl. No, not at all. Same friends. It's Master of None. <laughs> it's finding little places down alleys and walking mm. through the streets with people and being in cabs. And it's, I just did a really great job of, of sort of translating that, I think. In that New York I Love You episode, I read an AV Club review. And they talked about that and basically said what you just said, how the, you know, the girls come to the back of the cab and spoil the, the plot of the movie for yeah. the taxi driver. Mm-hmm. And they said in most TV or film, those girls in the back would be the main characters. Yeah. But for that episode, he was the main character. Yeah. But they didn't see him as a real person. No. They would talk about the movie without realising that, you know, cab drivers see movies too. Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah. That was cool. However, the show isn't 100%. There is one episode which I really disliked. Mm. Only one this season. <laughs> and it's episode three. It's called Religion. And it's about, it's about Dev's auntie and uncle come and his cousin comes and they eat and pork and it's all about religion. And I 100% understand where the show's coming from and what they're trying to do, but yeah, I think, just didn't pull it off. I think the issue was they didn't pull it off and it would have been really great if they did. The biggest fault of the show is mm. that a lot of the supporting actors aren't as great as as is Ansari yeah. and they don't, they don't um, sort of own their characters as much as Aziz does. And I get that he wants to include his mum and dad in his TV show that he's made, but when those people are natural actors, it really takes you out of it and it's really yeah. difficult to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I guess like one out of ten is having one oh, out of ten is yeah. pretty good. And the thing is, it's not 
crap. Yeah, it it's still very says wa- some stuff. Yeah, it's very watchable. Absolutely. It just... All of these are quite watchable because they're all quite short episodes, you know. It makes you want to click more and click more mm. and click more. It's actually quite a, a clever way to structure mm. something. But, yeah, if there was one thing that let it down, it would be that episode for sure. Now, I want to talk about my favourite bit of the whole season, whole two seasons. This is seasons. my favourite bit too. Okay. I want to talk about our favourite bit yes. of the whole two seasons. I thought you had other stuff you wanted to talk about as well. Well, I love everything, but I want okay. to talk. This, I think this is my favourite favourite. Okay. I know I said that a lot. <laughs> no, but this actually is. Okay. End of episode five. It's called Dinner Party. It's So Francesca has come back from Italy with Dev. <laughs> and she ends up at a party with him. And John Legend's there playing on the oh, piano for that's some reason. Just, All right, that, that was pretty that's silly. An, yeah, that's another thing, actually. Why does he just turn up in things <laughs> as a cameo and just play a song and then leave? And everyone's like, oh, John Legend was here, I guess. <laughs> it makes no sense to the story. Well, you have into a party and John Legend's there? Happens all the time in New York. <laughs> Maybe it does to those people. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, at the end of the episode, Dev's trying to tell Francesca about how he likes her, but she's, you know, got a boyfriend, yeah. engaged. Is she engaged at that point? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, at the end, she leaves the cab and then he is taking the cab the rest of the way home and it's an unbroken, it's only one, broken by one shot mm-hmm. of his text message from her. Mm-hmm. One unbroken shot almost in the backseat of a car for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. With just the music playing. Just the music and him acting. You can tell everything about him and his character just by his actions and his face. It's the most incredible sequence just watching that character just be Mm -hmm. with that bombshell thing that's just happened and she's just left and we know what that all means. And what can he do? He can't do anything. And that's what makes it so, this show so effing Mm. good is that it, you know. Not everyone gets a happy ending all the time. And I think you said to me it felt very Richard Linklater, that mm, that whole sequence, yeah. you know, that whole long takes, letting actors just act. And that gives the man an Oscar for just that three-minute <laughs> sequence alone. It was incredible. A side note, I think the Nashville episode of season one was very Richard Linklater as well. Yeah, I love that episode. Well, that was great. You know, having a date within it was 24 hours and whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that was my favourite bit of the whole show. Mm-hmm. And I think if it was all about that, like it all led up to that moment, that's totally fine. The rest of it doesn't really matter to me. Absolutely. But it still looked pretty good after that. Francesca, that storyline was teased and then it really fully went for it. Yeah. What I'm are your thoughts? I liked that about it because sometimes they tease like potential love interests and don't actually do anything with it. But I liked that they sort of explored it. I loved, love, love, loved the episode where there was the blizzard and they were at um, his place and she couldn't get home because even though they didn't sleep together and nothing intimate happened, that evening was so intimate yeah. with them just pretending to be at the bar, dancing, the twist. It was just so beautifully done and I I don't know, it felt really special and magical. Mm. They pretty much did everything except yes, the thing, didn't they? They did, yeah. They had all the emotional and investment. They all knew. They both knew. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like nothing actually happened. 
but it did it absolutely it happened yeah but it still felt quite realistic didn't it oh yeah everything felt really realistic she is beautiful the actress play francesca i'm like dev if you don't want her i'll tap her. come on you know <laughs> like what is she doing with dev <laughs> He's charming, I guess. He has a cupcake show. Yes. <laughs> we haven't even spoken about your favourite character. Who's that? Mario. <laughs> the little kid. I thought you were going to talk about my namesake, Lawrence, the producer on the cupcake show. Oh, yeah, you do love him too. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I would say the show didn't explore enough was the fallout for Jeff. Mm. I would have liked more consequences for him. But... Him not having consequences is very real- realistic. Yeah. So, Well, I guess you have to think that the show is not going to go ahead and yeah. Dev's career is probably going to be a bit of a backslide after his best friend who he does everything with <laughs> turns out to be a pervert. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting. I read it. Again, I read the AV Club review of this because I like doing that after I watch a really good show. They made an interesting point. Everything that Dev does there is so realistic. He found out that Jeff was a dickhead mm-hmm. and was being really creepy towards all these women. And was like, oh, you should go do something, he says to the woman in front of him, but doesn't do anything himself. And I think a lot of guys wouldn't do that, would they? Mm. They're kind of of like, oh, that's creepy, that's weird, but what can I do? And then he gets caught in the fallout. And once he gets caught in the fallout on TV, he tries to backpedal. But again, nothing much happens. Mm. And I suppose in the future, I can fully see Chef Jeff getting a new TV show. Yeah. And that's, that's very I realistic. About that. Yeah. In mm. some shows, it would have been, you know, Dev would have been the hero coming in to save and blowing the lid and being the whistleblower and saving yeah. all the girls. But he just didn't do anything because he was like, oh, what can I do? But it's so true of those situations. What yeah. can you do when there's no exactly. nothing? It's actually mm-hmm. probably more realistic that, you know, he's his second TV mm. show on what's he going to do? Get the boss fired because of something like yeah. that. I'm not saying that's what a good thing, but it did feel re- did feel quite realistic. So I was, I was surprised when it actually did do the Francesca storyline once the show got there mm-hmm. and it fully invested in it. I don't know. I don't know as as it went on though, I was kind of feeling hmm, maybe it's, this isn't as good as I thought it might be because I was on Dev's side. I was like, of course I want Dev to get the girl. I've been with him for two seasons now, but it actually dealt with the consequences of that mm. decision. Mm-hmm. He's going after this girl that he actually. 100% knows what will happen. She's got a yeah. boyfriend. But she knows the boyfriend's not very nice and she's not very happy. But is it one of those things that because it's forbidden, it's it's tastes thing, sweeter, but it actually, yeah. once it happens, and it, it does do that. It 100% is. The thing is, he, there was nothing wrong with the other guy. He was maybe a bit boring and loved tiles a bit too much, but he wasn't. Yeah. He loved her. Exactly. You he know, he was a fine choice. And he'd, you know, he'd taken a New York from a little tiny yeah. town in Italy. Like, he was going places, but... I totally Perhaps think... didn't love her as much as she needed or as yeah. much as Dev wanted to. Yeah. I totally think it is that forbidden fruit thing. Mm. It's like in the Vampire Diaries, the yes. fans... No, go with me here. The fans <laughs> really love like, oh, we really love Klaus and Caroline together and all this kind of stuff, you know. He is a murderer. <laughs> He's murdered so many people. But the thing is what they do is then act on that and make everyone get with everyone in the entire show so that it's just a big orgy. But... We basically, it's like we're <laughs> we're a, a MA rating away from that, aren't we? Yeah. But my point is, I think people love the hint of it more, but when it's actually delivered, it doesn't ever live up to that hype. And I think that's mm. when you were like, oh, I'm not sure that this is what I wanted, actually. Yeah. Well, famously back in the 1980s, Moonlighting 
with Bruce Willis mm-hmm. and Sybil Shepherd, mm-hmm. who'd had the will they want they romance for like four seasons, mm. and once they finally did, yeah, they willed. The show had to be cancelled like a season yeah, later because that, everyone interest drops off. No one cared anymore. Yeah, the whole dynamic had changed. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in, in this approach, that and you know we've come this far with spoilers, so don't be upset now. It goes there. The very last shot, they're in bed together. She doesn't have her engagement ring anymore. That, did that happen? You think it was another dream sequence, do you? I thought mm-hmm. maybe yes. she's sitting there, right? And the guy's like, "We've got to go get catch the plane." Mm. And she, I think that's her sort of inner thoughts that it would be very easy to just go to Dev. Yeah. But I don't know that she does. I don't know that she does because, of course, she's not wearing the wedding ring in the in the dream sequence, right? It yeah. works for both things. Yeah. It works if it actually happened and if she's just imagining mm. it. Yeah. Well, and they did. Oh, what happened? Did they get together? Do they love each other forever? Well, they had other dream sequences too, so it's not they did. potentially out of the ordinary. How weird was that dream sequence, though? Yeah, I didn't like with it. With the blood and the gore and the... Why? It was weird. It's so annoying because nearly everything else in the season I know. was perfectly pitched and this one bit has been a bit too far, I think. Yeah, it was strange. A bit too far. So you reckon she got with him in the end? Well, I think she turns up and is like, let's give this a go. But like Arnold said, he was like, so what do you think was going to happen? And Dad was like, oh, we'll just sort it out. I don't think they really thought much through. Think they're like us. They're like, oh, this is so cool. I'm flirting with this guy or this girl who I know I can't have, so I can mm-hmm. do whatever I want. Yeah. But once they actually get together, mm-hmm. be very, very different. Especially because we spent uh, the end of season one seeing how love can fade and it doesn't always work out in the end, even though if the person you're with is perfect. See, that's the hard thing. I loved Spoil- Rachel. Yeah, me too. I love Rachel so much. And I love the girl from the first episode. And we never see again. No. But that's like so normal, you know. Ah, uh, Maybe it's that thing where there's like many soulmates for one person, that whole thing, you know. I've only got one soulmate. Sam? His name is Sam. <laughs> he is a cat. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is a, a, an issue I have with the show or it's just like a comment. I think. Um, Arnold and Des' friendship, I love it so much. I love the big bud and little bud. It's so great. And I don't know, it's just really cool. One thing I will say is maybe it's a bit too unrealistic maybe, the way that they always know the right thing to say with the comeback and they have it straight away and it's really back and forth, back and forth. It can sometimes feel like I speak, you speak, I speak, you speak instead of natural dialogue. Yeah, some of the banter, is, yeah. it feels a bit like that. yeah. Especially when they're like riffing on pop culture and stuff. Yes. It's obviously that's been written. But, you know, you're right. They're so lovable together that you kind of put up with it. Yeah, you kind of forgive it. Yeah. I think that banter doesn't always work well with other characters. But it works the best with them. I think that's where it lets it down, right? I do like Brian as a character. He didn't appear as much as I thought he would. No, he was a cool character. I liked him. His dad especially. (laughs) Episode with his dad. That was really funny. (laughs) The two girlfriends. Well, this is new information. <laughs> I, I've never seen myself on screen before today, but I saw myself. You saw that day, didn't you? <laughs> one can cook really well. One has a dog. <laughs> it would legitimately be a situation you got into. <laughs> Luckily, you can cook well and have nice pets. Thanks. Otherwise. Otherwise, we'll look out. What would you give this season of Master of None? This season? Five out of five. Because... The one episode I didn't like at all wasn't enough to take away anything else. And the bits that I loved, I really loved. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that Aziz is a really good director as well. 
Yes. He directed yeah. most of his episodes. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to what he does next. Well, this is the bloody issue. Well, does this is, is this the end of Master of None, perhaps? He said he's probably not going to do any more. You'll never know. And I can't cope with that. <laughs> Aziz, if you're listening, I need to know what happens. Was it a dream sequence? Do they get together? I'm going to have to watch it all again now. Like, okay. it's definitely a show I'll rewatch yeah, and rewatch and rewatch. To. Yeah. Five out of five for me, definitely. Awesome. The, the bits that I loved were too good to take away from. Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Bits. Well, we thoroughly recommend Master of None. We'll be back next week with another review of something else that's amazing. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> it, might, it might not be amazing. <laughs> I don't think anything will be as amazing as Master of None. Hello. Tune in next week to see me eat my words. <laughs> Set myself up there a bit. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Loving Sam is my favorite thing. Loving Sam is my favorite thing. thing. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.